Podcasters Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. In my darkness, set me free. And I hear the Spirit calling me. Hello, this is Pastor Shane Eidelman of Westside Christian Fellowship. Because pastoring can be difficult, challenging, and exhausting, Pastors Unplugged is specifically designed to encourage those in pastoral ministry. I hope you enjoy this episode of Pastors Unplugged. All right, pastors, this one is for you. Very interesting topic. If you're not hurting, you're not leading. And the reason I want to talk about this is I've been seeing a lot of recent statistics, probably since COVID, with so many pastors leaving the pastorate. I actually just saw one today and that prompted me, reminded me to do this podcast uh, that many are leaving because there is no friendships and they don't have adequate training. I don't know about that. I mean, it is hard to have genuine friendships and adequate training, of course, but and nothing seminary does not pre- prepare you for pain. That's um, that's one of the things a lot of young pastors don't realize is that life has a lot of pain. Leading has a lot of pain. And what God will do, well, let me comment on what I just said. I think a lot of pastors are leaving. I mean, I've, I've been open about this. It's in my newest article. If I can remember the title, I think it's something like, uh, I'm, I'm hurt, now what? I've been offended. You know, I'm, I'm hurt, now what? You can find that at shaneidleman.com and uh, subscribe to receive newsletters when we send out the emails, you know, once a week or so on, on the new articles, maybe a couple times a week, actually, with the different sermons and things. But anyway... So, you know, it's a hard topic because a lot of pastors um, aren't called. They're not called to the ministry. I've talked to guys who thought, well, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I like working with people. And, uh, you know, it's it's pretty much job security, even though you don't make a ton of money. Um, But that's not the reason to be a pastor. (laughs) You know, a pastor has to be called by God. And that that is the only thing I really cling on to uh, in referencing that article. Uh, just a second ago, I talked about in the article where I've thought about quitting, you know, many times. Uh, and usually it's not really because of the pressure. It's because of the people, you know, people hurt people and not necessarily, you know, members of our church, just people in general, um, outside the church, social media critics, armchair quarterbacks, negative Nellies, judgmental Jerry's, you know, the enemy just will pressure and pressure and push and push and then you've got, you know, family dynamics when I, I've got five kids still at home. I've mentioned that before, the stress of that, the stress of trying to be a good husband, a good father, uh, my devotional time with the Lord, leading the church, you know, falling short because I'm just like everyone else. You know, pastors are not special. Uh, the, really, the only thing that is different is they are called by God to lead and shepherd the flock that he has given them. He's going to lead that flock with all his, um, you know, cracks in the armor uh, he's, every pastor has areas they have to work on. You know, for example, one pastor might be bold and kind of like a prophetic calling, uh, which I feel God has given me. But then on the flip side, you have to make sure you're gentle and humble and gracious and broken. And then you have pastors that are just quiet and sympathetic and just, you know, and they have to, instead of putting on the brakes, they've got to step on the gas pedal and get some boldness and some unction and some fire in their heart. Then you have, of course, all those caught in the middle. So um, I think a lot of pastors are leaving, number one, because they're not called. And if you're not called, it will destroy you. Um, You will get hooked on some type of uh, probably medication or alcohol or relaxants or porn or marijuana. 
a number of other things to mask the pain. And, and addictions are a real struggle in the, with those in ministry. That's why keeping transparent things, you know, out in the open um, and not just trying to be, uh, not trying to isolate yourself when challenges come. And a lot of pastors leave, I think, too, um, because they're not, not only are they not truly called by God, there are wolves in sheep's clothing inside the churches. And a lot of these people wouldn't say, you know, I'm a wolf, I'm a wolf, uh, and admit to it. They think that they are doing, you know, God's work. Um, and you'll hear a lot of these guys uh, talk about, you know, rewriting scripture that really wasn't the intent of God. You know, Paul, the apostle Paul really missed it on these points. You know, we've got to progress and progressivism and these truths about the Bible. And a lot of it will, be, will come down to sexual sin uh, with the, the the issue of, of homosexuality, of course, and embracing that, embracing sin. And God is a God of love. And, and there's, there's, there's not hell. That's just not the nature of God and the character of God. And these pastors are not even believers. They're not filled with the spirit of God. If they were, they would know that what sin is sin and and yeah we don't quite understand hell and and eternity and I'll get into that in a different podcast but just because I don't understand something fully doesn't mean I'm going to deny or question God I'm not going to go to hell uh, over a mystery and um, so a lot of these pastors are not truly converted they have a really have a problem with God and the nature of God and they're prideful and rebellious they won't say it because they mask themselves. In, hum- in this, they put on the mask of humility. They cover themselves, themselves in grace and humility, but the, the cover is a facade. It's not really there. It's interesting how they will get behind the sinner and rebuke the spirit-filled saint because the spirit-filled saint is talking about righteousness and 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 holiness and and repentance and the blood of Christ and all these foundational doctrines that Jesus Christ Himself taught on. Uh, now, of course, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, and and uh, there's so much to it. You have to balance that. But these guys don't balance it. They just run away from all the difficult things. And so don't worry, I'm getting to the point here. <laughs> so a lot of the people leaving the pastorate are um, leaving it because they're not truly um, believers. And, you know, unless they have their small, progressive, liberal, God-rejecting, Christ-mocking uh, church, they're, they're just going to leave and walk away. Now they're not saying they're mocking Christ. Um, they'll, they'll say they're not, they'll say that, you know, maybe we are those who are, are fundamental in the faith and things, but they are mocking Christ because you mock Christ when you fail to talk about what he talked about, when you fail to mention the, the, the value of repentance and the need to turn to God and the, the realities of hell. And, and you, you are mocking what Christ did on the cross when you paint this fairy tale version of Christ and Christianity. And that's just the truth. So, and then now to the point I'm trying to get at, sorry, it took this long. Let's see, how long did it take? I don't know here, about six minutes, seven minutes. A lot of pastors leave because of pain, 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 pain. Uh, they just leave because of it. And sometimes, you know, rightly so. I mean, if God has a different direction for them, I remember somebody I used to follow quite a bit, Brett Merrick. I don't know if you know Brett Merrick. He came out of Calvary Chapel, just a solid ministry, solid guy, tall surfer guy. I've been to his church a few times. I used to go on Father's Day uh, to kind of just take a break and drive up to Carpinteria. And um, he lost his daughter to cancer. I remember when I was planting the church, uh, he lost his daughter and I saw the memorial service and 
just broke my heart. I can't imagine the weight of that. And and you might have people, you know, maybe mocking you. Uh, and you really never get over the emotional pain of losing a child, especially at that age. I haven't, that hasn't happened to me uh, so far, praise God. And so I can't really relate, but I can tell you it would be a mountain that very few can climb. And then so you add on that the stress of the ministry, the pain of the ministry, and you just want to check out. And I think he's making surfboards for his dad's company or something. And so, um, you know, God's will will be done and God knows what he's doing in his life. And uh, and so in, my point was that's, what's ha- that's what, what happens. And I can tell my own life the, the many times I thought about quitting is what happens is people hurt you. And let's be honest, you hurt people. We're not perfect. And so we hurt people. I hurt people. I can be mean to people and say the wrong things and vice versa. Granted, I'm, I hope I've grown over the last 12 years of planting the church. My goodness. I think God had us plant the church so he could mainly, you know, hammer my pride down even more. Um, but I, at least we're committed to, me and my wife, Morgan, we're committed to working through things. And like, hey, let's like a family. Let's talk it through. Let's work it through. You know, might not be friends, but we can be agreeable. We can be hospitable. We can err on the side of grace. We can forgive each other. And there's lots of people now at our church that, um, you know, we've talked through some hard things. Maybe they took something I said wrong in the sermon, um, maybe a few sermons. Um, I know there's times in the past where people felt I didn't even say hello to them and, and I, I didn't even know they were there. And they've left the church over it. And so I think a lot of times we don't know the pain we've caused people. And the enemy will also plant seeds. A lot of it, the pain is not legitimate pain. It's pride. Our pride is being hurt. The enemy's planting seeds. And boom, there we go. If we're not... And me and, my, me and Pastor Abram were just commenting on this um, yesterday, I believe, that it, the irony is a lot of the people that, you know, that have, have issues over the years or that have left the church, you never see those people at like early morning worship. Uh, we open our church early at 6 a.m. and uh, we have worship for a few hours and prayer for, you know, and and then we start our services. And that tight-knit group, you rarely see those people there. Uh, usually it's people on the fringes or they, they come now and then or uh, they're not into worship nights or worship mornings. They're not into really worship at all too much and not a prayer meeting. It's a little too, too boring for them. I mean, they're into, they're into the word, that's for sure, and they'll let you know. But um, so... My point is, there's something to that. There, the, what's missing is that broken, humble, contrite heart. And then if you can be on the altar together, and I've told people that, hey, let's let's resolve this. Let's just meet at the altar at 6.30 Sunday morning. And um, you won't see too many people there because that's where the rubber meets the road. And that's where I have to get my heart right. And thank God for that time uh, with the Lord. And so my point was, a lot of conflict can be resolved as we seek the heart of God, as we empty ourselves, as we're filled with the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's not divided. So the Holy Spirit in me and the Holy Spirit in the other person is not uh, is not divided. They're not contentious. So where's that coming from? It's coming from the flesh. James, Peter, they all talk about the flesh, even Paul. You know, these fleshly desires of contention and arguing and bickering and complaining and divisiveness. Paul even says, if you rebuke a divisive person a few times and they don't listen, have nothing to do with them. Division is so, so destructive. I believe that of all the things the enemy uses in the church, it's offense. 
you hurt me. Uh, you didn't recognize me. You didn't promote me. You didn't allow me to lead this, uh, or you stepped me down, or you're not acknowledging me, or you're ignoring me, or you had a hard talk with me, a hard talk I don't like. Uh, you said some hard things in your message or your sermon, and are you talking about me? And 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 so this just this constant treadmill, especially in churches that preach the truth. <laughs> I think you have that quite. Quite often, you know, there's some conflict, especially in a living, spirit-filled church. Boy, oh boy, because you're upsetting the demonic realm. You're you're stepping on toes. You're convicting. So there's a lot of mess. Uh, but like the Bible says, where there's no oxen working, the stall is clean. But when the ox is working, there's lots of manure. And so how do we navigate through all that? And so um, as a pastor, though, you have to own it. You can't say, well, it's everybody else's fault and not mine. Uh, but you have to own it. Like, oh, hey, I contribute to some of these arguments or some of these issues, some of these d- contentions. And, and just looking at my own life over the last decade, I can safely say that, you know, I, I need to own probably about 20% of the things that happen. The other 80%, I can just honestly say that I don't think I caused it in this sense, being divisive or critical or mean-spirited. Half the time, I don't even know a person's upset. And a lot of times they'll talk to me about the sermon or this upset them. And I, I know in my heart, nine times out of 10, it's conviction. They're, they're convicted. They didn't like what I had to say. And so I can't do much with that because I can't apologize for God's word. And I've, as, this is why I often say the truth will offend. There's nothing I can do about it, but my attitude shouldn't. Granted, I'm a type A male, you know, bad, hard, hard background in construction, had to, you know, used to communicate by cussing and anger. And, you know, so it takes time to, 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 over the years that God has really uh, done a deep work and he's going to continue deep, do a deep work until the day I die. So pastors be encouraged in this sense. You, God will give you more when your pain threshold increases. In other words, if you can't handle the pain of 50 people shepherding, how are you going to handle the pain of 500? And then how are you going to handle the pain of a thousand? Because as the church grows, as the ministry grows, your pain threshold must grow. Number one. Number two is once we realize that pain is actually the catalyst for change. Um, you can't just pray, Lord, change my character without conflict. And so Pain is part of the process of growing and conforming into the image of Christ. And pain is actually what helps other people grow as well. And they grow and mature. Hopefully, many times you can tell where a person is at spiritually, where, whether they're spiritually mature or spiritually immature by the, how they handle pain. What do they do with the pain? Uh, do they, do they say, yeah, man, I, I got to own this. I need to repent. Thank you. Let's move forward. And, and then they, they, move forward and they mature or do they just blame the church and me and leave the church that, you know, church hopping. And people often say, you know, Shane's just not open or pastor Abrams, just not open or the elders or whatever, or you, you're just, they're just not open to construct. They're just not open to criticism. And that's actually not true. What is true is I'm not open to a critical heart offering criticism. I'm, I'm, it's not, it's not the criticism. It's the spirit behind the criticism. So when you can tell that someone is wrongly judgmental, arrogant and critical, yeah, we're going to lovingly challenge that. And so I think a lot of pastors get a bad rap and they just, well, they're just not open for feedback. Nobody can talk to them. They, they, they just think they're always right. And I would tell you as God is my witness, nine times out of 10, 
it's because the person is critical. Of course, we're open for constructive criticism. We get it often from our elder team, from our core team. We ask people um, and they, they open up and we learn from it and we grow and that's how we become better leaders. But to just, you know, open your heart to every negative Nelly or judgmental Jerry um, is, is not wise. And also, okay, they critique you. Okay, well, that, okay, thank you. And then you begin to critique them. No, 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 no. See, they, 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 they don't like you to call them out. They don't like the, the pot calling the kettle black, right? And so, but even in that situation, you want to be quick to listen slow to speak. Uh, I just had a recent situation. I have them often uh, leading a church this size. We've got a lot of people who call this their home church. I get a lot of people who don't go to the church reaching out to me because I've lived in my area all my life. I was born here. And so that's a lot of pain. That's a lot of, of, of conversations. And, um, so what happens though, is, um, I can see how the conversation's going and I can see if they're not open to constructive criticism and then I, I just have to kind of not backpedal, but I kind of have to, okay, let me, let me just soften my voice. Let me soften the situation. Let me own some of it. Let me err on the side of grace because I want to preserve the relationship and I want to preserve their walk with the Lord. I don't want them to have a bad view of me or the church. And so let me err on the side of grace and let me, let me, let me back off, I guess, and let me just own it and let me just begin to restore the relationship and encourage them. Now, if it becomes a consistent pattern with what, whoever the person is, then yeah, then you have to lovingly address it. And there are times where, you know, I've had to tell people over the years, not a lot, but Hey, this might not be the church for you. Um, I'm, I mean, we seem to just butt heads every single month or week, month in, month out. And this just might not be the church for you. And that's just, that's just the truth. I remember I had a pastor tell me that in 2000, when was that? About 2005, I was just married for a few years and um, really a judgmental spirit. And I could put down everybody, everybody from, you know, you name it back then who was on TV and, and yeah, but this person, yeah, but this person, you know, I, yeah, but this and yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's, but it's part of your growth because knowledge puffs up. You're beginning to understand scripture. You get proud of yourself. Uh, you, you, you're starting to understand the Bible. You're, you, people say, oh, you're such a good teacher. You're a good preacher. You know, your head gets big and then God begins to get out the sledgehammer and, and humble you. And, um, but anyway, and the pastor was right. We found a different church. And you know what's funny, though, is my judgmental spirit followed me. When you know it, when you know it, isn't that funny? It didn't, re, it didn't fix itself. And I went to a Calvary chapel and uh, was humbled there just by, you know, people. Iron sharpens iron. See, as we, this is how we grow. So my encouragement to you is don't give up because of pain. If God's going to call you elsewhere, um, I would have it be in a good season of life. He's making it clear. There's confirmation and recognize. Here's what I look at it now. Okay, pain. I'm building spiritual muscle. So when I'm bench pressing, uh, I don't do much now, but when I was younger, you know, bench pressing, putting on a lot of weight, a lot of pain, I didn't go, oh, this stinks. I'm quitting the gym. No, I said, oh, this is accomplishing a purpose. It's breaking down my muscle in order to be built back up stronger. And so uh, spiritually speaking, pain is breaking me down and it's, but it's building me up spiritually speaking. Almost, I almost think of anabolic steroids. That's why they call it anabolic steroids because they build uh, as opposed to aer aerobic with oxygen. It's, an it's anabolic and building and they, they really, that's why I say, you know, your body on steroids or prayer on steroids, it, it really 
increases growth. And that's what pain does. It increases spiritual growth. Because one thing for me to pray, Lord, give me this, this patience and steadfastness and endurance and to love my enemies. That's very easy to pray, but very difficult when you're faced with it. So don't, don't quit. Don't give up. Say, okay, man, I'm, I'm holding a lot of pain here, but Jesus encountered a lot of pain and God is increasing my pain threshold. There's no way I could do what I do now when we first started the church. No way. My feelings were hurt way too easily. Um, now, you know, it's like my skin is two inches thick. You know, people leave the church or say things. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. Um, because it is what it is. I know people come and they grow for a season and maybe God has something else for them and we don't take it personally. Um, really the church is just our home for me and my wife and family. It's, you know, we're not going anywhere. This is what our home, but it's not, it's not a home for other people as far as, you know, they can move, they have other jobs, you know, it's coming and going like, like a treadmill, you know, or a hospital. I'd say they come, they, they're fed, they're built up, they're encouraged, and then they go out. And so that took a while. And then people um, getting uh, offended, um, you know, that, that kind of offended me for a while. And um, also, you know, just you, you just learn to be comfortable in who God created you to be. Uh, sometimes we'll have, you know, if we've had guest speakers in the past or, you know, Pastor Abram fills in for me and people sometimes will say, man, I really like when he preaches. When is he preaching again? And recognizing that there's not, it's not competition I don't, I'm glad that they feel that way. I'm glad that God forbid we have people who can't speak at our church and don't edify people, but I'm very comfortable in who God has created me to be. I will speak to the audience God wants me to speak to and a story. I'm not going to compete. I don't, I don't get jealous easily over big names and pastors and, uh, because more levels, more devils, they say, <laughs> you know, the, the larger the church. And, uh, we have grown from a small medium to now a large church. Um, and I don't, I really don't want to reach that mega church, uh, capacity to some degree because, you know, I, I used to pray for that when I first started, cause that's what you think, you know, that's, that's a pinnacle of success. Now you realize it's not, it's not even close. Many of these large pa- church pastors are not even leading people down the right path. Um, they're, they're, it's just about programs and policies and procedures and keeping people happy and tickling the ears and building the numbers, demographic studies, church surveys. What do the people want to hear? Not what do they need to hear? Giving needs to be up. Look at our budget. That has nothing to do with God. God is not in the numbers. He's in the nearness to him. And, you know, you can have uh, a lot of people, but not really be doing what God wants you to do. Faithfulness and fruitfulness where you're at is the key. And also, I truly believe the bigger you get, the harder it is to have that sense of revival and intimacy uh, because now you're trying to please these different people, people, uh, not people groups, but different, different types of, of, you know, you got, let's say 2000 people coming and, and now you've got all these different things going on. And I think it sometimes can take away from the intimacy and things, but I'm not against it. There's a lot of, <clears throat> some of my friends are mega church pastors and praise God for it. God loves the small church, the medium, the large, I think a large is anything under uh, over, you know, between under 2000, that's where we're at. And then the mega church is above 2000 and then you know, God loves, and we'll use all those as long as the heart is right. Uh, I think of like Jensen Franklin, you know, powerful ministry, in my opinion, uh, Jack Hibbs, uh, John MacArthur, David Jeremiah, Chuck Swindoll, uh, some of the Baptist pastors of the past, Adrian Rogers, and lots of good, solid churches out there. When Jim Garlow was down in San Diego, went and visited him before he retired at Skyline, a uh, very powerful, you know, church back then. And, and um, so there's a lot and God will use, but I've noticed with, with all the guys I just mentioned, 
power a PowerPoint, Jack Graham, uh, also in Dallas, Texas, uh, f- friend of mine. He, I've, he knows I he look look up to him as a mentor, even though we don't talk too much. Um, just his ministry. And these guys, though, are sold out for Christ. They're committed to preaching the truth. And here's the thing I've noticed in all their cases. Uh, they have a very, very high pain threshold. You don't see them crying over spilt milk very often. Uh, they, they, they've, they've, they deal with a lot of pain. I can't imagine what some of these guys deal with when the, when the government's coming against you uh, to the degree it was and, and just the attacks. And, and so... My encouragement would be increase your pain threshold, understand that pain has a purpose, understand that, 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 you know, a lot of our pain comes from, um, uh, not motives, but, um, perception, you know, Oh, I want, you know, I want this big church when I started the ministry. Now I just want a faithful church. I just, I just want, I'm content where we're at tucked away back in the hillside of rolling meadows back of Leona Valley, West Palmdale, LA County, just, you know, very content, but I don't know what God has for the future. Uh, and so pain is part of the ministry. Pain comes with the calling. We shouldn't run from it. We don't need to run to it, but we need to stay and minister and let that pain just build you up. Now, here's the really important point is this pain can draw you closer to Christ. This pain can get you on your knees and draw you to the cross. This pain, as it, as as the pain comes in and you empty yourself of you, as you allow hurt to just not define you, but refine you, that that f- comes the 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 out the outcome is the fullness of the Spirit. So these these guys in the past that we look up to, they had the fullness of the Spirit, the anointing, the unction. Look at John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress, spent years in prison. These men had developed tremendous amounts of 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 um, steadfastness in the midst of pain. So the pain can actually lead to a greater filling of the Holy Spirit, a deeper walk with God. And like Paul, we might pray, Lord, take this away. And he'll say, no, my grace is sufficient. So anyway, I hope that helped. I hope that encouraged you. You're not alone. Uh, pain is part of the ministry and it is painful and there is a lot of it. Uh, but we have to learn to shoulder that pain as we, as we sit on the shoulders of Christ, as, as we hold on to Christ, he holds on to us. And that's when he said, you know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Cast all your cares upon me. But that does mean there is a yoke. There is a burden and uh, understanding, hey, it comes with the territory. I'm going to have to deal with it. I can't run from it. That's another thing. Don't run from the pain because if I ignore all these little fires and hoping they just put themselves out, often they don't. And it becomes more stressful and more uh, more contentious and more difficult. And so it's good to to really address those things when they when they come up. When you can, take it to pray, prayer and and fast and wait on God. Make sure your heart is right. Make sure you're you're not angry and irritable when you confront people. And again, that's all in my article. Uh, I'm hurt. Now what? I believe that's the title. I don't have it in front of me. So anyway, thanks for listening to Idleman Unplugged. Hope that was a big help to you. additional support, you can visit my website, shaneidleman.com, where I will also write about many of the topics that we will be discussing. Sermons and free downloads of my books are also available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. 
Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality and Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.